Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything live show. Uh, for Yahoo Sports Canada, I'm your host, William Liu. Join as always, Josh Hart. What's going on, Josh? How, how are you on this lovely Friday in Toronto? I'm doing all right. You know, it's finally seems like we're getting a couple good days of consistently nice weather. Mm. I feel like this July, really regional content already off the top of the show. I was going to say, people but, love when we start shows talking about weather. Talk, <laughs> I, yeah, like I'm looking forward to being able to go outside today for the uh, first time in it feels like two weeks because every day it's rained. Yeah. Since like the end of June, it's been pretty brutal. But that's that's probably the thing that I'm most looking forward to. How are you? I am doing okay, actually. Um, even though we are very much on the fly right here. Listen, we miss producer stuff. All right, this is our first show since, and uh, you know, stuff is a, a a very big help in these friends. No, I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Um, you know, what am I doing right now? So I'm doing a lot of preparation for the uh, Olympics. I'm going to cover the um, the women's basketball team. Uh, unlike the men's, who are perpetually disappointing, um, the women are consistently at the Olympics. You know, a threat to medal. Although I saw a power rankings today that had the Canadian women's team at ninth. I was like ninth. All right, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I didn't see that happening. To be honest, I thought they're one of the most well-rounded teams in the tournament, but who knows? We'll see. Um, yeah. You know, they have done quite well in recent competitions, so I'm not worried. Like, they beat Belgium quite easily to mm-hmm. qualify for the Olympics, and Belgium's ranked ahead of them, and I was like, all right, I don't really know if that's the case. Been doing um, women's soccer coverage, also the Olympics, okay. so very that, excited that to wake up. That game with Japan, that was... That's tough. I mean, all credit to Japan, but you'd almost got out of there, but... Yeah, how would I describe it for people who didn't wake up at 7 a.m. to watch that? It was like if you watched the Euro final, um, you know how England scored like immediately, and it was it was it was great, and it looked like you know they were just gonna ride it out. Instead, they played really defensive for a long portion of that game. Late in the game, uh, Japan equalizes. You know this wasn't a final, so there were no shootouts or anything like that. But a uh, disappointing result for the women's 
uh, soccer team who uh, have captured bronze two years or two Olympics in a row. So um, that's all good, but we are here to talk about the Raptors. And so this show, we're not going to have Twitter questions. Uh, sorry, we're not going to have um, uh, caller questions, but we are going to take Twitter questions and we are going to take questions from the chat. So continue to speak in the chat or just resp- uh, respond on Twitter. Um, let's start with the, I guess, the hottest rumor right now, which is... Um, do you see Kyle Larry and DeMar DeRozan teaming up to go somewhere together? Rumors saying the Lakers. This is from Dobson Kanu. Um, salute a legend, I guess. Uh, Robson Kanu. But, uh, do yeah. they have, do they have a way to do that? Like, yeah, you, like Kuzma, KCP, uh, THT all have to get dumped. Um, some of those salaries come back to Toronto on a sign and trade and they sign DeMar DeRozan as a free agent. Yep. And their best three-point shooter on that team is Kyle Lowry? Yeah, so um, <laughs> there's a lot of questions with this. So I think this was actually floated out there before by uh, Bill Simmons and uh, and Ryan Rossello. Um I think this time it's from one of the local uh, Lakers beat reporters. Um, I think Brad Turner. But anyway, so yeah, the Lakers right now have $110 million in guaranteed salary. This is assuming that Montrezl Harrell opts out. I think they're probably going to need Montrezl Harrell to opt in. Actually, to probably move some of the money around, but like they're already at the salary cap, so they're basically gonna need to sign and trade for both guys, which is gonna be tough. Like, let's say Kyle wants yeah. twenty five and Demar wants, I don't know, even twenty in this case. Um, yeah. yeah, they would need to. I don't even know how they would do this to be honest. I guess you could sign and trade Kyle Kuzma and, and Montrez Harold to somewhere. You know that probably gets you to close ish to Demar's number. Then you gotta. Package KCP to the Raptors. I still, that doesn't fully make sense to me. Either way, one of the two guys is taking a severe discount in terms of how much money they're going to be uh, slated to receive, which, to be honest, I don't see either of those two guys taking discounts. Um, me neither. And Well, it depends on how much DeMar wants to play in Los Angeles. I do think that that is maybe a factor, but not... Certainly not with Kyle Lowry. I don't think that he's mm. relishing the idea of not having his family in either Philly or Vegas and having to do – I mean, he's going to go where an opportunity is, but it's not like he's going to take a discount to make his life messier. Yeah, this one doesn't make a lot of sense. I just think it's like – it's cool to think about in theory. Um, DeMar and Kyle. It would be very heartwarming. It would be – Yeah. Yeah, it would be extremely – and we just saw the Kind Vibes champions – win uh, a couple days ago. So this would be another very kind vibes. We're all recovering from the pandemic that saw lots of loss and lots of, you know, not being able to hang out with our friends and seeing two of the most famous NBA friends being able to hang out again would be um, pretty delightful. But that's kind of as far as I think this rumor makes any sense, is that it would be nice if they got to team up and contend for a championship with one another. Yeah. Would the Mavericks make more sense the Mavericks uh, make more uh, sense to me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have, I think, much more movable contracts to sign yeah. and trade. And they also have more cap room, just period. Especially if they want to move on from um, Tim Hardaway Jr. So that makes sense. Honestly, if DeMar and Kyle want to team up again, that'd be honestly a very, very cool story. Um, obviously, great friends. And honestly, a backward that works really well. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, it's hard to envision teams out there that have, like, zero backcourt because those guys are going to both want to start, right? So you're going to look at teams that have, like, no backcourt at all, which, 
I mean, New Orleans, I guess, is one of those teams, right? Especially considering <laughs> I don't think people really like Eric Bledsoe. It seems like Lonzo's moving on, so they don't really have a backcourt. That could no. be a possibility. Um, the Lakers is a possibility just because the Lakers guards are all terrible. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think with the Lakers specifically, I think they just don't have enough money for this, you know? Yeah. So, that's tough. Um, also, it would be fun to see Kyle Lowry in the, the Pacific, in, like in California, because him versus Steph Curry has been consistently, like, incredibly entertaining mm-hmm. for the last five, six years, and I hope that that would continue. Yeah. No, I mean, it'd be, it'd be cool, though. I think the, le- the the least LeBron can do for DeMar is win him a chip, like... He owes him one at least. Do you like, think LeBron will give him a hundred dollars if he, if LeBron James, uh, you know, that's the signing bonus. that's the signing bonus that. for joining the Lakers is you get a hundred bucks. It's like you actually have to put this back in your own pocket. Um, okay, the next question from uh, Twitter as well. This is from Forty and Dunking question mark. If uh, Larry signs with another team, does keeping Gary Trent Jr. get even more expensive? What do you think, Josh? Does it get more expensive? No, I, I think that like you would look at Gary Trent, not not to not as a nice to have, but if Kyle Lowry leaves, you have to then sort of go into this we have to build from the middle mode where you are nowhere near contending and, and without a guy like Kyle, you know, changes a lot of things. Mm. So you'd look at Gary's like we have to be realistic. We can't overpay to keep you because you cannot be the millstone around our neck keeping us from contending. So you I think Kyle leaving like hurt the guy like Gary Trent because maybe this team thinks that you need to retain your free agents if you want to build a you know competent team around Kyle Lowry. Mm. Um, Interesting. But if you have a guy like if Kyle leaves, it's like Gary. I mean, no offense, but like why are we going to potentially threaten our future, future flexibility to retain you if we are now building from the bottom of the Atlantic Division? Yeah, I mean, this is probably where you and I disagree, I think. I, I think you still need to have guards that, that play. Oh. I mean, like, maybe, okay, look, I, I would say probably the one thing affecting Gary Trent Jr.'s free agency is probably who the Raptors draft with the yeah. with their pick. Like, if it's Suggs or if it's Jalen Green, which I doubt is Jalen Green, but, like, um, just because I don't think it'll be available. Um, but Imagine. I, yeah, it would be very cool. It would be very cool. Um then, yeah, I mean, then you would see probably a chance where, you know, you maybe want to go with those guys. But realistically, either of those two guys, as much as we're hyping them now, like, I, I think Gary is going to outproduce them in terms of scoring, especially in terms of shooting. I think he's – Jalen Green's a good shooter, um, although in more of a limited sample in, in the G League. They played really not a large number of games. But, um, you know, Suggs is not the type of shooter right now that would yeah. factor in – it's like a high volume three point shooter, which is what you need from that two guard position. And yeah, I think you probably keep Gary regardless, and especially because if you can keep Gary at a good number, you can move him again. So yeah, like, but it, it that then it means get, keeping Gary at a good number. I don't think Gary's price goes up if Kyle leaves. Yeah, I think Gary's I number might go up if Kyle stays. If it's now, you know, we really need to keep this guy here because Kyle Lowry wants a competent uh, backup shooting guard. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. That I think, yeah, I think Kyle helps him more than he hurts him. I don't think if Kyle leaves, it's we got to make sure Gary's happy. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, all right, we got questions. You know what? Let's take a question from the YouTube chat because um, we haven't actually done that yet, and I don't want to ignore the YouTube commenters whatsoever. Um, 
Okay, so someone said, can you talk about the Lakers DeRozan rumor? Yeah, I just think that it wasn't really going to work out. Um, some Okay, what well, this from Henry Wu. Uh, what's the biggest difference between Rashawn Holmes and Ken Birch? Mm, Ontario Secondary School graduate. <laughs> Come on, man. There's tangible differences. I think... I think Holmes is more of a has more of a scoring skill set, and what I mean by that is not like uh, he shoots more or or not like has more range or anything like that. But he has a floater, which we actually yeah. saw from Gary from from, uh, from Ken Birch as well. Um, I think we've definitely seen him expand his skill set when he, when he was with the Raptors the last like twenty games or so. Um, but I think Rashawn Holmes has more of a scoring skill set and the, the little short floaters. Um, a little bit more physicality to play in the paint a little bit. Like when you get him on a deep catch, he can maybe make one or two moves and then go up for the score where it's not like Ken Burch is robotic necessarily, but he just doesn't have that same sort of like, um, I guess, bulk. It's not like either player is that big either, but I think Rashawn has just enough strength to like push a guy out of the way a little bit. Whereas I feel like with Ken Burch, he's skinnier um, down low, so he doesn't move people in the same way. Again, I'm not trying to describe Rashawn Holmes as a, a Shaq or anything like that. I think defensively, I think Ken Burch is better. Um, he was really good in Orlando in, in, as a reserve uh, playing defense. Uh, and I th- honestly, with the time with the Raptors, I thought he was perfectly fine. Maybe the rebounding is not as like elite as you would expect. You're not going to expect Ken Burch to give you like, I don't know, 10, 12 rebounds a game and you know collect 30% of defensive rebounds available. But I don't think you expect that out of Holmes either. So... I, I, what I'm trying to say is I don't think the difference is that big in terms of the two players, um, especially to the point where I want to pay potentially twice as much for one guy over the other, which I don't even think it's potentially. I think it's just true. I think Ken, like Holmes is going to cost quite a bit considering a he seems to be the hottest name on the market. Um, also, I have some concerns. The Kings played really, really fast. Uh, they played zero defense. I mean, you saw one of the two Raptors games they played against the Kings. Both games were like, I think, over under maybe 200 points in terms of total points. 250 points. Like, it's just not a lot of defense. And, you know, I also wonder how hard teams played against the Kings in general. So, that could inflate the numbers just a little bit. So, um, that's kind of what I see as a difference. If it was up to me, I, I would uh, much rather take Kim Birch. We have, we have, we have, I think we you're have underrating. I think you're underrating the difference that an Ontario secondary school diploma makes. Like okay. that guy is going to be a ferocious. Um, you're saying you know, you're paying for that. You're paying the honor roll tax. No, you're paying to you know having yeah. It's 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 a, like it's a it's an elite part of his background. How many? Look at you and me. We're both Ontario secondary school graduates, and. You know, we we're talking about basketball to a couple hundred people on a Friday afternoon. We're di- built different. Built different. Yeah. This is a... Yeah. Um, what else, man? Oh, give me... Oh, also from Henry, give me your best Ken Birch contract as well. I Honestly, I think two years... Um, two years 18? Maybe that, is, that, is that too much, do you think? Uh, no, I think that's, I, I, I kind of like that if, yeah, I like that because maybe second year is a team option or something like that. Although he probably wants more security. Yeah. Two years. He's what? 28 now. Yeah. Yeah. Two years. now. I, yeah, I think two years, something around 20. I think you I, I would go 20, 20 is, is, just seems kind of high, man. Two years. So two years. I think two years, 18 is probably the max now. He's making three million now. 
I think he was making five. Okay, let me just pull up the contracts. This is uh, All right. weird to speculate about. Yeah, so he was making. Yeah, you're right. Three million. Wow. Okay, maybe nine is too oh, much. Oh, so yeah, maybe not. Yeah, maybe nine's a lot. Mm. What about what about Chris makes three years fifteen six next year or something? Chris Boucher makes eight. Yeah, but it's non guaranteed. But he's gonna he's yeah. he's played well enough to get he's gonna, the deal. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna get it. I mean, this is so. This is, yeah, I think he'll get. I think he will be back with the Raptors. He will be on a um, movable slash team friendly slash you know appropriate deal. Mm. And I think it'll be. I don't mind the the idea of giving him term. I don't think that he's going to necessarily fall off a cliff. Okay. Um. So if it's like three years, eight, three years, eighteen, like that seems yeah. pretty good. Three yeah. years, twenty even seems fun. Like if, yeah. Yeah, I think especially if you give the third year, uh, either I guess a team option would be ideal. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, always. Three years. Somewhere between fifteen to even twenty is, is fine with me. I think that's it's very similar to like the deals that the Raptors used to give like Amir Johnson or, or Patrick Patterson, for example, which is kind of like the level of player that I'm kind of expecting from Cambridge, like a healthy Patrick Patterson, not not the uh, not the one we slander all the time. <laughs> so, is um, his deal up in? He's a, he's an unrestricted free agent this year, and he's thirty two. Who Patrick Patterson? Patrick Patterson. I mean, listen, man. Um, theaters are back open again, so you'll have you'll, he's gonna have the free time is gonna be taken up. I mean, he's not gonna be in the NBA next year, but he will be at a Cineplex near you. So, yeah, that's you know what? It's it's actually such a shame because I really used to really like Patrick Patterson. Um, he was, he should have like, won Six Men of the Year in like 2013, 12, 14. maybe. I'm not, it's not just the Galaxy brain take, but I thought he was he played. I liked. I really liked that one. Was it 2015, 14? He he it was, was one season. Yeah, he was good for a couple years. He was good for like until he got the knee injury in twenty seventeen ish. But yeah, there was that one year where Pascal was starting. Uh, what's his name? Gerald Sullinger was hurt, and then it was like, start Patrick Patterson, start Patrick Patterson. Like, every single game was running that. And then they just kept resisting to do it, and then he got hurt. And then when he came back, he was never the same. And they also got Serge and P.J. Tucker. So, congrats to P.J. Tucker, by the way. What did you think yeah, of his uh, parade cool. performance? I, I, I was thinking yesterday throughout the parade, like, what's the drunkest I've ever seen my dad? Because, right. You know, all all these guys have their kids there, but they're also, you know, have been drinking champagne nonstop for two days at this point. I just can't imagine. Like, I, I've never seen Clifton from Atomoco hmm. nearly as drunk as I saw PJ Tucker hanging out with his kids. But That's probably know, a good thing, all, all things considered, man. <laughs> well, my dad has never won an NBA championship. So yeah, you know what? That's fair. That's fair. It's probably a fun memory, uh, but it, it was cool. It's cool that um, he got to beat every other starter on the um, – yeah. that uh, – Rockets team. What? That's... Ariza in the first round. Yep. Wait, but Eric Gordon. Uh, was Eric Gordon? No, Ariza, he's a six he man. Beat... Oh, yeah. So he beat Ariza. He beat uh, Capella, Chris Paul, obviously. Harden. James Harden in the yeah. um, Eastern Conference semis. Good for P.J. Tucker. I-, I still maintain that P.J. at this point is more of a prop for all-star players to, to score against <laughs> than, uh, he, than yeah. a super effective defender. Because he used to be really great. I mean, we saw him with the Raptors. I loved him with the Raptors, too. But... uh 
No, I mean he's just look. He worked his he, he worked his behind off. Like he was a six foot four power forward when he first came to the Raptors. In like, I mean, yeah. first off, that was like the Raptors' best second round pick ever. Even though he only played like like maybe fifteen games, and then he went overseas and like yeah. had to grind his way up through like random places, and then he came all the way back to Phoenix. And yeah, now he beat Phoenix for the for the chip. So good for him, man. And look, is, listen, everybody needs like a defensive stopper who is. Not going to give you too much offense, but you're not going to have to worry about him too much. Um, I mean, he kind of had like a Marcus Gasol type of trajectory, you know what I mean? In terms of like, obviously, Marcus is a much better player than PJ Tucker. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, acquired at the trade deadline for a specific matchup, right? I think in this case, they specifically got him to face against uh, Brooklyn uh, to guard yeah. KD in particular. Didn't really work. KD still got 50, but, you know, KD had to work really hard for that 50. Um, but, you know, yeah. Doesn't really do much scoring, but ends up being a very no-nonsense kind of guy. You can plug into the lineup. You can bench him if you need to, whatever, no complaints, and then turns up at the parade. Like, he, he basically was their Marcus All, so. Yeah, I, I wonder what is P.J. Tucker's next move. Mm. Um, I, This is my bigger question for, like, the Bucs. It's like, what do they do next? Um, Because they, like, Giannis became... The like he expanded his um, capability to fill a shocking amount of need that that team had. Mm-hmm. You know, like he just did everything in the last three games of that series um, in a way that like I can't like God bless me if he's able to do it again. But like that's like a really it was really like incredible to watch happen. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wonder what the Bucks do to make it easier to repeat than it was to win their first championship. I mean, it's obviously very hard to repeat, but you know, yeah. you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I feel like the Bucks also kind of have uh, fired all their bullets. You know, they, they traded all their picks for Drew Holiday. It worked out. Yeah. They re-signed Drew Holiday. They have Chris Middleton signed. They have Giannis signed. That's the team that they have. Um, you know, so it's going to be hard to continue to add to it. And then I also think that the other teams in the East might make some moves. Like, I'm really curious to see what Philly comes back with next year because it's not going to be Ben Simmons and, and Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris. It's going to be a different combination, especially with how... Um, like, Daryl Morey loves to, like, tinker and trade. He moves guys all the yeah. time, right? So that team's going to be different. Obviously, Simmons is on the trade market. We'll see what he brings back. Um, I think Brooklyn's going to be very different this playoffs just because I, we'll see everyone healthy. Yeah, That's a scary team. That's still my favorite to come out of the East. But, I mean, as you asked me, like, can Milwaukee do it again? I'm like, honestly, like, yeah. Because I, I do think that <clears throat> there was another level that the Raptors went to after they won the championship. Yeah. Like, and that just gave everyone so much confidence to do what they do and play the games that they play. Yeah. So, I'm curious to see if that happens. Like, I thought Giannis took his game to another level in Game 6, for example. Or just in the NBA Finals, period. And part of that was matchups. But part of that was also just, like... Yo, I know what my game is. I know what my role is. I know that late in the game, I'm probably going to have to screen for Chris Middleton. I know that, um, you know, how to manage my energy, how to pace himself. Like, there's a lot that you take from a playoffs run, especially if you can win the whole thing. We saw it with yeah. the Raptors in 1920. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I'm not counting out that as something that happens for the Bucks. So and if that happens, then it'd be great because I think the Eastern Conference... Um, at least need somebody to stand up to Brooklyn. Like, I don't want to just see Brooklyn, like, sweep everybody the way LeBron did. Like, I don't like when a conference is completely dominated um, in that sense. So, 
So you don't think there's like East Coast Dame that we all get to, you know, watch at 730, which is my, you know, dream to see Dame in Orlando at 730. Dame be... in Orlando? Not playing for the Magic, but like oh. playing for another team. And he just like he has like getting to watch Dame right after dinner is just. Mm. Yeah, you're right. But... I hate I hate staying up until 1030 to start games. It's it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think that like that does give certain players a platform. Um, because yeah, only diehard fans are staying up on the East Coast at 10.30, or unless you're, like, maybe betting on the game or something, but, like, um, and Portland was always on. Like, always on. I saw more of Norm after he left the Raptors <laughs> than I did before, man. These, they're just, Portland is just, like, the go-to. Just like the Warriors used to be the go-to before they became, like, the marquee team, so. Yeah. Um, this one's really good. I like this question from Corey. This is on Twitter. Uh, with the NBA just have or the NHL just having an expansion draft, if the NBA were to do one, which players on the Raptors would you protect, and who would you leave unprotected? So I'm not totally sure what the rules were in the NHL in terms of how many guys you can protect and how many guys you couldn't protect. Let's just say for the sake of argument, you could protect five guys on the Raptors. No, five seems to do three guys on the Raptors. And anyone three else guys. is free to so be drafted. Three makes it very easy. Okay. Like we have to. I think. Like if it's three, it's Fred Pascal OG. I definitely agree. You protect OG. Well, but like, let's say you have. Let's say you have the fourth pick on the roster as well. Like you've taken that fourth pick. Oh, okay. Is it future defensive player of the year, Evan Mobley? Yeah. Are you who are you going to not protect between the fourth pick, who you're you're saying is going to be Mobley? Uh, between Mobley, Fred, Pascal, and OG. It's Fred, but come on. This, You're leaving this Fred not... unprotected. Wow. Yeah. Fred, like, Fred's very good, and I really like him. Mm-hmm. But his production is, is there's, you know, it's not, it's closer to commodity sounds like horrible. But they're, you know, you can put together the Fred Van Vliet production a bit, I guess, a bit easier than you can replace a guy like, Pascal, because mm-hmm. he's so uniquely skilled. But this sucks. I do, I, three made it easy. And if we add, yeah, future defensive player of the year, Evan Mobley, I guess. Mm-hmm. Who do you pick? Is it OG or Pascal? Um, I'm gonna protect the. I'm gonna protect the three guys I can get the most back for in trades. So I think protect three. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think I'm still in agreement with you. Unfortunately, Fred's gonna be left unprotected, and um. Yeah, I mean, that's that's unfortunate. But I, I do think that, like, first off, this would be a great idea. Um, an expansion draft would be really cool. We haven't seen one in the NBA, I think, since the Raptors joined, right? In um, yeah. 94, 95-ish China, range. Yeah. I don't know. I was in China. So, yeah. Um, I think what, they came in the same time as Orlando? Vancouver. Van- Vancouver. Okay, all right. Well, in any case... Those teams joining, you know, that that was just a cool idea. But, I mean, the one difference, the key difference, I think, between the NHL, um, like, expansion draft and an NBA expansion draft is just, like, the NBA roster is only, like, 15 players, right? Um, so, you're not going to be taking one player from every team. So, certain teams, you could protect guys, but the guys might not even go. And then, that would just create an awkward situation where certain guys were uh, visibly prioritized over other guys. In an NBA setting, like for example, I could see a player being upset that their team didn't protect them, and that could lead to more drama down the line, which is awkward from a team building standpoint, but it's also very entertaining from like a entertainment standpoint. So, so looking at the um, the real expansion draft rules, where you're able to protect eight guys, mm. um, I'm gonna ask you who you 
um, assuming they bring everybody back, no Paul Watson and the fourth pick, who do you let go? So you're looking at like eight um, guys. Utah. You're looking at like Utah DeAndre. Like Benbury seems like a too easy an answer. Yeah, it's it's a little still too easy because you have like you can put stand like SJ Utah mm. DeAndre. Benbury. Honestly, I, look, I'm not trying to be rude, but if I can protect eight guys in the Raptors, I would protect six, and then they can have whoever else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I, you know, I, I like Utah. I like Malachi. I like all these other guys. If they had to take them, well, I mean, that's tough. But uh, enjoy uh, Freddie Gillespie's uh, dancing in, in Seattle or whatever. So, um, okay. Let's talk about from the YouTube chat. This one from Mister Bro. What do you think about the Raptors not settling on Suggs? So, um, I'm not sure exactly how much of the information is accurate, but you're seeing. Reports that the Raptors, um, you know, well, not reports. We know that the Raptors worked out Scotty Barnes. Um, we know that they're maybe interested in Scotty Barnes at the fourth pick. We know um, that, you know, the Raptors have been linked to moving up to a three, for example. Uh, and we also know that maybe Suggs is not necessarily the pick for the Raptors at four. Um, these are all the reports. To me, I, I really take everything about the draft with a huge grain of salt because there's a lot of incentive to throw out smoke even more than usual. Um, I mean, I think NBA front offices are trying to dupe each other all the time anyway. Um, the Raptors don't generally put the media game that much. We're not like, you know, Daryl Morey or Danny Ainge or those guys that always in their trade market and always putting rumors out and almost, almost getting guys. Um, the Raptors are not like that. But at the same time, like, I do think that there's probably a lot of smoke. I think the one thing that does make me feel confident about Suggs to the Raptors is the fact that he hasn't been linked. It's not like the Raptors are like, that's our guy, right? Because, um, I feel like you would probably want to throw everyone off the scent. So in a weird way, the guy that draws the least attention is probably the guy they want the most. So does that make sense to you? Does... Yeah. I, I just, I think that there, the problem with that draft coverage, it's all agents trying to build buzz around their guy. Exactly. And the Raptors organization has demonstrated that they're pretty good at not, you know, leaking stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so do I think that all of the like the like are they going to add assets to pick number four to trade up to um, get a guy like Mobley? Maybe that would make sense if you believe that he could be a Hall of Famer, which mm-hmm. I do think is possible with his upside. Like I think this guy can win Defensive Player of the Year yeah. a couple times in his career. I wouldn't. It would not blow me away. So if you believe that. Yeah, add um, a couple, add something to pick four to go get him. If you believe that Scotty Barnes, Kaminga, Jalen Suggs um, can be um, a good fit in this organization and deliver um, sort of immediate returns, the, all of those guys, I think, in to some extent or another, make sense in this organization. Mm-hmm. I do not believe that anyone um, reporting knows what the organization is doing, but they all make sense, and I think that that's why it was exciting to get pick number four is because you have options and these are the, yeah, these are the four options you trade up to go get, um, green or Mobley if you, um, or your pick after Cade, because I don't think that you're getting the number one pick from Detroit. You take one of the three guys who fall between picks three and um, five Mm -hmm. or you, and, and those are the, those are really the two options. And I think each of them makes sense. Like, Scotty Barnes played on the best high school basketball team ever, ever assembled. 
He would. It would be cool for him to uh, um, become a raptor. And Kaminga, you know, it's, I I see it. I he's probably the guy that I have on the outside of um, outside looking in, but. He's got talent. And he's got talent. Like when you watch certainly. the, it, it's the numbers are gonna look terrible. Um, I think his G League numbers, he shot like thirty five percent or whatever. Didn't shoot the three well either. But when you watch the tape, he's one of those guys where you watch the tape and you're like, yo, that's very impressive that he made that move. It's very impressive that he's so strong that he made that move, took a bump, was still able to finish through the contact. The fact that he was able to be so quick and a quick leaper as well, like to to finish around the basket. Like there's things to like about him. Like I, you know, I, I think. Um, there's a reason why he's highly touted and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, what do you think of the idea that okay, if the Raptors want to draft Scotty Barnes, for example, and and they have the fourth mm-hmm. pick, why not try to talk to Orlando? And be like, yo, give me a future pick. Yeah, I agree. I think if yeah, Orlando you know, makes sense because they we'll have, take Suggs, you what? take Barnes, we'll do a swap, we'll give you some money. Like that's what the Raptors did with Vince Carter and Anton Jameson way back in the day yeah. in '98. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, again, I was not here. You weren't here yet. '98. No. 98? no. When did you come to Canada? I came 2000. Really? Yeah. So I met you less than a decade. I mean, what? Yeah. it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, um, someone someone said Samuel Fernando in the in the in the YouTube chat says, "Isn't Mobley just Boucher?" No. Okay. What's the difference you see there? Um, I think that his he's coming in with um. Different skills on offense. I think that he is already a, um, I like he he to me and, and I have watched only the coverage that I don't make um, draft coverage, but I, he looks to me like already a guy who will figure out his role on defense in ways that Chris Boucher has like struggled with some of the focus. Mm-hmm. I think that Mobley will. Um, Mo- I think Mobley will be able to play his um, way to eat, maybe even starting on the Raptors because of his attention to details and ability to execute the Raptors defensive scheme. Um, and I think that he can guard centers in a way that Chris Boucher hasn't been able, hasn't proved that he can yet. Okay. Um, and he can score on centers, which Chris Boucher, you know, Chris Boucher should be a power forward. Evan Mobley will be a very good center. That's the difference. Well, I think that the worry right now is that they have similar body types at the moment. Now I still think that Chris Boucher is skinnier than, than Evan Mobley. Um, but not so much more that it's going to be a tangible difference. Like, for example, a lot of the, the, um, the, I guess the draft experts, plus if you just watch the videos, like, he is very slim. He's not that physical of a player. Uh, it makes more sense for him to play four right now. But I think the, the challenge for some of these guys is, can you guard fives? Which right now, I don't fully feel confident that Mobley can guard fives as a rookie. Which is not saying he can't guard fives in the future. I think he definitely can guard fives in the future. But as a rookie, he's just a little bit too small for that. Um, and then B, like, can his offense be good enough to play four? Because four is now a very skilled position offensively, especially because you're competing against a lot of wings. You're going to need to shoot. You're going to need to put the ball on the floor a little bit. You're going to have to have the big game as well. I don't think Mobley has all those skill sets just yet. So you would ideally like him to play the five offensively. Um, I think honestly, like if you're going to ask me next, like next season, who's going to be more productive between Chris Boucher and Evan Mobley? I think it's probably still going to be Boucher. Sure. Yeah. 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 That's fine. And and so you know, I think that's where the concern is. But the hope is that he fills out physically, um, and once he does that, and some of his skills start to mature and develop, then yeah, I mean, the difference is Boucher is 28 years old, and yeah, Mobley, and Mobley is like a decade younger than him. 
So there's a lot of time to catch up to where he is right now. If he's going to start with a with this current floor uh, and move up, like I, I mean, I, I don't think there'll be a, a huge debate as to who's going to be better long term. It's just that I can yeah, see the like com- I can has, see the comparison now is what I'm trying to say. He has a face up game at 18. He can run the floor okay. Like he's going to be good. Yeah, but Boucher runs the floor just fine. He's fast. Yeah, yes. Boucher has a face up game too. Don't you see the little pull up jumpers he's hitting <laughs> late in the season? Yeah, yeah. I, he didn't come in, like, I think Mobley is coming in in a great spot. And if the worry is, can um, an elite training staff get him to fill out, I will give, that's like, I don't know, sports science is pretty good. It seems like they figured a lot of this stuff out. I don't think that he's hopeless. And if the number one worry with him is um, being able to catch up physically, like, I, I mm. Someone said I, Evan Mobley has high hips. It will be hard for him to gain weight. Sadly, is that true? Is that I a thing? No, I, are you? Is this person a kinesiologist? I don't Maybe. know. They're someone on YouTube. They could be anybody. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have shorter. Of, I have shorter yeah. legs for someone who's six feet. So I can't even say that. So who knows? But you're an elite athlete. I thought you. You know, we went um, one for one on a doubleheader on Wednesday. Yep. Two one win. Three the... two loss. The screwdriver sport update. It doesn't matter. We we're, we're talking about it anyway. Yeah. So a great doubleheader. I'm still a little bit sore, even though it's Friday and we played Wednesday. <laughs> oh man, I'm not even thirty. Yeah, it's but uh, yeah, it's it's cold world. But yeah, it was a pretty good game. Like we had um, John's great goal off the rebound was terrific. Yep. And then uh, Mickey should have uh, just gone like bowled the goalie over. Yeah. At, you know, but it was a good time. I'll see you. We'll see you on uh, Wednesday. Let's do it again. I'll probably be sore by next Wednesday as well. Uh, I've been stretching every day. It's really, uh, honestly, it's uh, age age sucks. Um, I guess we're still talking more about the draft. So Bell Tolls Inc. says, uh, what's your ideal draft night scenario? Ideal draft night scenario. Um, Cade falls to four. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, no. Realistic <laughs> ideal draft scenario. Um... The Cleveland Cavaliers. Do you like the Cleveland Cavaliers? Do they would they like they trade Sexton, take Suggs? Or they can trade Sexton, um, but they take Jalen oh, Suggs. I want Evan Mobley. They could trade him. He's under contract. Is he? Yeah. So they, he's, he's yeah, still on his they, rookie scale deal. Yeah. Would they trade him and get um, the rest of a? Uh, um, for like Orlando's, but Orlando doesn't really need a point guard. I don't know. It's just yeah. Somehow Evan Mobley ends up a Raptor. Okay. And uh, we move from there because I'm ready to watch a guy block everything for the next 15 years in Toronto mm-hmm. while I you know sit on my couch and go to games on occasion. Yeah, I, though I like, that, that is to say, like I I do really like Suggs mm-hmm. um, and. While he was, well, you know, I still think that that's pretty likely. Um, you're asking about, you know, pipe dreams, and I think that Mobley can be a Hall of Famer. Word. Um, what's your, what's your uh, um, dream scenario on draft? Night? My dream scenario is very realistic. I just think the Raptors takes Jalen Suggs number four. They have another guard in, in place to develop for the future. Um Maybe they work on some oh. sign and trades using their current ex- expiring contracts and get something else. 
But for the most part, just doing that and then, yeah, taking two more prospects. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sh- I haven't done enough research in the draft to really know who is a good idea at 46 and 47 or whatever. But I would really like for them to take two bigs and just like take athletic bigs in that range. Maybe guys who have one or two years of experience already in the college level and then just like try to develop those guys in the G League and see one of those hits. You know what I mean? Like try to find under the boucher. Yeah. Because I know, guess my my dream now here. is Suggs gets picked, the Raptors pick up Suggs, uh, Evan Mobley goes to the Cavaliers, and then like an hour after the draft, um, Jared Allen tweets like I don't want to be here, or like oh, wow. you know, he just tweets something like indicating that he's you know furious that the Cleveland Cavaliers would pick up a center and him Kevin Love and <laughs> a rookie would have to figure out the front court rotation, um, and uh, what's his name Larry Nance Jr. is Larry Nance. Are they going to renounce him this offseason? No, he's under contract, I think, for a few more years. They they signed him uh, a year ago, I think. So he's he's That's... he's uh Larry Nance Jr. signed this year and this following season like 10.6 and then 9.7 next season. Larry Nance is nice. So they got Jared Allen has to tweet, I don't want to be here on draft night. Bro, he's in Cleveland. He doesn't even have to say that, man. I just assume everyone in Cleveland, except for Larry Nance, who, like, his dad is a legend there. Except for Larry Nance, I just assume everyone in Cleveland doesn't want to be there. So if the, like, Hall, if the Mount Rushmore for Cleveland Cavaliers, Larry Nance Sr., um, LeBron. I mean, what do you mean? It's LeBron first. Oh, I yeah, guess. Uh, uh, Zoe and. Mark Price? Is that a guy? Is how how close I don't know. I, I was in China. Like I like I mean, like I don't know these guys. Was it Yao Ming? No. So it wasn't Yao Ming or T Max. So I didn't hear about them. So yeah. Um. Uh, what else is going on here? From Twitter, Anna asks: Odds of the Raptors signing Norm Powell in free agency? Um. Not. It's a hard zero. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard zero. It'd be fun if he took a meeting. That would be cute, don't you think? For what? Just for the vibes? Like, just, just for another dinner vibe. in Tampa Bay? Which, by yeah, the way, yeah. this sucks. That the fact that the Raptors are still in limbo right now, heading into free agency and the draft. Like, for example, in the draft, right? They usually invite players to come work out. They work out the player. And then they take out the prospects to, like, get a fancy dinner, talk to the executives, get to know people, get to know Nick Nurse, get to know the, the you know the front office, all like that. It's a sort of a one and nine situation with all these guys, regardless of whether they pick, get picked or not. It's good to just leave that good first impression with these guys, right? Because a lot of these guys can be in the league long term. They could end up with the Raptors future, you know, in future years, um, even if they don't draft them this year. They have to do all that wanting and dining in Tampa instead of in Toronto. Like, it's just very different, right? They, you can't walk them through OVO and just be like, oh, this is great. They're going to have to show them a video of OVO. Like, it's, it's just not the same. I don't know, man. I wish yeah, they were home. Like, they can't go to Lebanon. They just have to, you know, tell them to imagine it. <laughs> if you had to want it, if you if if you were uh, if you were Bobby Webster and you had to uh, want and dine a prospect, let's say you're wanting dining Evan Mobley in Toronto. What do you? Uh, what what do you? Basically, you're taking these players out on dates. Like, where would you take Evan Mobley on a date? Where would I take Evan? Mo- I mean, isn't that the whole point of the Stanley suggestions? Uh, um, been on the show, but I don't know. Probably don't all these guys love Yorkville? Yeah, it's okay. down the street for me. We can go to what's that place on uh, just south of, south of Davenport on Avenue? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. I don't La Carnita or whatever. 
I'm not going to. No. <laughs> Please don't do um, that. Yeah, I, I think you would just take these guys to Yorkville. That's where they all seem to yeah. hang out when they're in town anyways. Yeah, fair enough. You're not taking the and King, then you run it. No, no King West mm-hmm. vibes? If, listen, if the player wants to go to King West, that's when you're not drafting that you, player. You cannot it's, draft That's a hard flag. It's, it's like a, it's yeah. as red as possible on that flag. Yeah. That's a really... That's like, a really good hey, point. Uh, did you... <laughs> Do you want to go to Lavelle? And they're like, uh, you know what? On a second thought, we're actually going to go with another player in the draft. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, like, if if they just want to go to Soto Soto, you just, you know, that's... They probably you know do, though. They... Honestly, I think Drake put so much hype into that restaurant that they're probably just going to want to go there. Or, uh, what, uh, Sophia? Like, all these places on Yorkville Ave. Yeah. Just take them to Yorkville Ave. Tell them that this is where we thought we could take Hawaii and it would work and... If you like it, you can stay. Didn't they take him to that hotel near there, too? Is that where they did the meetings? Yeah. Yeah. That is where it seemed like Kawhi was staying. Oh. No Cactus Club for these guys? Cactus Club is once you are an NBA vet. Mm. But then it's a lot of Cactus Club once you're an NBA vet. Yeah, fair enough. Do you think that, like, Jamal... No, Moore, no like, EFS for these like... boys? <laughs> no Thompson Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just... Could you imagine seeing, like... Uh, um, Shai Gill just Alexander eating at like Future Bistro on Oh man <laughs> I doubt he'd be doing that because I'll be right there to harass him and tell him to come to the Raptors <laughs> didn't he like he celebrated his birthday in Toronto didn't he yeah there are a bunch of pictures of him all over the city it's yeah. pretty good no we we know he's gonna come home eventually I just hope these guys don't come home like when they're like 35 like you know what I mean like I, I want them now like Kelly Olenek take a meeting with the Raptors now join the Raptors as the Raptors one of their third string bigs. I don't care. We'll have we'll have the all Canadian front court of Boucher, Ken Birch, and Kelly Olynyk. I think that'd be fine. I don't want none of them. Uh, none of them t- play Team Canada ball. Well, no, that's where Nick Nurse will do the recruiting as well. <laughs> He's got the recruiters own players on his own team, and they're going to say no to their own coach, <laughs> like Boucher did twice. Exactly. And I guess Ken Birch did this year. Wow, this is a. Uh, but Ken, what was Chris Boucher? Just didn't want. What was going on with Chris? Did he have? A, did he have an injury? I don't think so. Um, he had an injury towards the end of the season. I don't exactly know how serious those were because, like, we saw Pascal have an injury at the end of the season, and then we just assumed that all oh, the Raptors are tanking. But then Pascal's out for like five months, so yeah. you don't fully know. I mean, I don't blame any of these guys. His contract's not guaranteed. I wouldn't play either. There's no way. I'm not oh, yeah, risking seven yeah. million dollars of guaranteed money. There's no way. Yeah. To, I, yeah. I mean, I, I love Canada, but like, not like that. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, let's take another question from Twitter. So yeah, so that's a no to to to, to Norm Powell. I mean, look, they traded him because they didn't want to pay him his contract in free agency. So, um, someone asks Gary Trent Jr. is seventeen mil or Norm Powell at twenty million dollars a year. Happy belated birthday, Norm. Oh yeah, happy birthday, Norm. Happy birthday, Norm. So yeah, Gary Trent at seventeen or Norm Powell at twenty. First off, I think Norm's gonna get more than twenty. I think it's gonna be like twenty-two. Um, and I think Gary's going to get less 22? than 17. Yeah. Listen, man, the free agency market is everyone thinks that they have a chance to go for it. And Norm's one of the best cards on the market. So, yeah. And he's yeah, like and I guess it, young I, and healthy. Everybody thinks because they didn't see a quote unquote face of the league in the finals that they need to load up. Yeah. Norm Powell is American. He's from California. <laughs> Norm Powell's Jamaican. He's from he's also He's also Jamaican. <laughs> But they speak English in Jamaica as well. So Norm's going to be good, man. Listen, Americans are going to accept Norm. 
That's Norm Norm Powell McCollum starting backcourt. What do you how do you rate it? Norm Powell and who? <laughs> CJ McCollum. Oh god. I mean that <laughs> the Blazers might average like as a team like five assists per game if that's if that's the backcourt. I mean they they don't have they're not a high assist team as it is, but like the the the, the amount of passing between Norm and and CJ is gonna be no higher than five, maybe six. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's not gonna be good. Yeah. All right. Let's take more Twitter or YouTube questions. That YouTube is uh, YouTube chat is very active. Shout out to people on YouTube, man. We we I feel like we never give these people enough love. So let's devote more time to them. We t- we take Twitter questions all the time. Uh, let's get another question from the chat. Would you become a Lakers fan if Lowry slash DeRozan ends up with the Lakers? No. Yeah, I'd no. be happy for them and would probably watch more games than... I mean, I've watched a lot of Lakers games. They're always on every Saturday after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, But, no, I wouldn't cheer... I wouldn't be, you know... No, nah, I wouldn't be a Lakers fan. I'm sorry, man. I'm a Raptor fan, period. That's just it. There's no other teams. I mean, at least in the NBA. You can like guys, and we would like those guys. Yeah, sure, but... Yeah. I'm yeah. Good. Like, ask yourself, did you watch more Spurs games because Rudy and Demar were there in Yak? No. <laughs> no. And that's yeah. Listen, the the loyalty stays inside the border when you you know you can't take it with you. So, yeah. Someone asked Bobby Joe asked, "What do you think about trading Pascal in the fourth for the Rockets second and Christian Wood?" I think I'm. Passing on that. Because... It's not a horrible... But, like... So you're... you're To upgrade from you, 4 to you're, 2, you're going from Pascal to Christian Wood. Which, I mean, Christian Wood had a really solid year. Um, he could very well be a very good player. I mean, not, he could be. He is a very good player. Um, he could very well do this consistently over time. But, I don't know. His contract's smaller than Pascal's. That's actually kind of interesting. I, I think about that a little bit. Ultimately, I'm not confident enough in Christian Woods um, that I'm going to make this swap. But Christian Woods like half the money, right? What What does he make next year? It's pretty cheap. I think he makes like 15, so it's even less than half. So it's a lot of cap room. Although I don't know what the Raptors would do specifically with this cap room, but obviously more cap room is good. Christian Wood makes 13. Wow, that is a good contract. 13 uh, next year, 13.5, then 14. That's not a bad idea. If I mean, so, yeah, that's not a that's not a bad idea. Christian Wood last year, 21 points, 9.6 rebounds, shot 37% from three on five threes per game, 51% from the field. That's not terrible, man. That's pretty good. And it's, it's just I don't see a lot of, like, long-term sustained success. So I do worry if it's a little bit of an outlier. Also, it was a team like Houston where um, they were awful. They had like a 20-game losing streak. I don't think teams took them that seriously. Um, like, for example, and just to like give you a comparison, right? So Christian Wood gave you 20 and 10 over the course of the season. I think Christian Wood's better than Kelly Olenek, but Kelly Olenek in 27 games with the Rockets averaged 19 points and 8.4 rebounds. Just yeah. to put that con- con- yeah. production into... S- a bit of context. Again, I'm not saying Christian Wood is better, or is worse than, or even just equal to Kelly Olynyk. I think he's a better player than Kelly. But when you get into certain situations, the context of your numbers can really fluctuate a little bit. That's all. 
So I'm not 100% confident in that. So I'll probably say no, but I also don't think the Rockets will want to do that trade, quite honestly. I, I think they're in a different phase of their uh, team building. that They're not trading for an older player on more money right now. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to have so much fun with Jalen Green in Houston. It's going to be pretty sick. Yeah. Um, what else? Michael Kerr says, we have too many 6-9 prototypes at 3 and 9. What does that even mean? I'm not really sure. 6-9 prototypes. I don't think you can have too many six nine players. Quite honestly, I think yeah, it's like it worked pretty well for the mid the uh, mid decade Warriors, just having a bunch of big guys who can dribble, pass, shoot. Yeah, this is the this is the league, (laughs) Uh, and it's more fun to watch. Um, yeah. Although I do really like, I do like really skilled post play. Um, I, again, I just want a variety of things. I mean, when I come to the NBA, I don't want to see every single team run hyping and roll with their guards and, and, and take 43s. Like, I don't want every team to see that as the, the clear-cut strategy. I want to see different strategies being used. Because it's more, it's more interesting when you see different styles of basketball, right? Um, like, I don't want it to become baseball where, like, everybody is just trying to, like, hit a home run, strike out, or, or get on base, or walk. Like, it does make the game a little bit more, um, I don't know. I don't know, like, it's common, ubiquitous, but now, anyway, um, what else is in the chat here? Utah untouchable. Yeah. I mean, of course he's one of the, he's one of the six. <laughs> Listen, I, I, you can't make me protect eight Raptors players. I honestly think that you, it, yeah. It, yeah, I don't think the Raptors would want to protect a Raptors players. Yeah, that's fair enough. Someone said, how the hell do you not know that the Raptors... Toronto came into the league at the same time as Vancouver. Come on, dude. Again, I was not in Canada. I, and also, <laughs> I was like f- four years old, three years old. How the hell am I supposed to know this? But good yeah, good I, for that. I don't know. I mean, Vancouver was pretty much out of Canada like by the time I got here. So, that's tough. What else is in the chat? Okay. There's a, there's a lot going on, man. Scotty Barnes is going to be nice. What do you think about Scotty Barnes? Have you seen the videos and stuff? Yeah, I do think he is going to be nice. And I think he is going to be the guy who may be, um, you know, like a snake by the Raptors. And I'm willing to um, swing and miss on Mobley. And think Suggs is a bit more of a sure bet. I think Barnes could, um, it could take a bit more time to figure it out. But yeah. I'll be happy for... I guess it'd be kind of sucky if he ended up in Orlando where it seems like... I know. That's not a great situation. I think he needs to definitely go to a team with a lot of shooting and a, and a regular point guard beside him. Yeah. Because he's going to want to handle... It's almost like a Ben Simmons situation. You know? He's like I, not the same type of player. I mean, first off, Ben was way better in college. That's not even close. Um, but, yeah. Scotty Barnes. I mean, yeah, I think... I think I, the yeah. the physicality is good. I think that the the fact that he can guard almost every position is really good. Yeah. I think the fact that he can handle the ball at his size is really good. Shooting, I think, needs to really improve there. I don't yeah. really see him as like that skilled of an offensive player to the point where um, he's gonna completely blow up um, in terms of like as like a lead ball handler, have the ball all the time, 
shoot, create, you know, um, drives the rim, score all the time, you know. But at the same time, he is very, very tantalizing. I think he has. Are you really? Are you willing to? He looks uh, the part. Another player to this organization that can't um, do anything in the half in like half court offense right now. I mean, how much of the Raptors? The Raptors draft strategy has been a lot of the, these types of guys. So, like yeah. they took OG, yeah. they took Pascal. I know that was different. The teams were different. They had Kyle and Demar to be the main scorers. They had JV as well, so they can take more prospects who are less capable offensively and try to develop them. But yeah, I still think that they're this is a front office that definitely values size and length and athleticism, like every front office, but this one in particular. I, I would love to like the thing. Yeah, I would love just you know more fluid, fun looking half court offense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, look, listen. I I, have, I like Suggs more than I, slightly more than I like Mobley, and I like both those guys more than Scotty Barnes. And how how do you feel about Kaminga? Um, the tape looks okay. Does he have a knee injury? I thought I thought I saw a report that he has a knee injury. Not too worried about that, uh, unless it's a really bad knee injury. But uh, I don't know. He looks very skilled as well. Like it's one of those things where you have to look at the tape because the stats are not going to look great. Um, but he has quick twitch athleticism. Someone compared him to Pascal, which is another one of these lazy draft comps, which um, they're like, well, they're both African and they're roughly the same size. So he's he's Pascal Siakam, even though um, Kaminga's from Congo and Pascal's from uh, Cameroon. It's not like he would just look at Serge and be like, yeah, that's Pascal Siakam. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what are we yeah. doing here, man? So, but um, I, could I see him, best case scenario, turning out to be like a Jalen Jalen Brown type of player who... A wing with with the ability to handle and create, drive to the rim, uh, draw some fouls, uh, but also eventually develop his wing skill set to, to to shoot from the perimeter. Yeah, I could see that. Um, like Kaminga's like not necessarily that bad of a prospect. I know he just didn't have a great year at the G League, but I think I, the more videos I've watched on him, the more it's like, okay, this is I can see what they're saying. Like for example, are you going to tell me that who's going to be more skilled as a player offensively between Kaminga and, and Scotty Barnes? I think probably more outcomes where Kaminga has more skills than Scotty Barnes offensively. Although, I don't know. Yeah. I'm also not a draft expert. Um, Kaminga went to the same high school as uh, Kyrie Irving and DeAndre Bembry. Okay. It's just, I, I like, so, Jamie so Foxx. So it's, it's, it's a very, it's like a legendary New York basketball high school. So, I thought, this guy, means, I thought I, this guy played, I thought he started in, when he was 16 or something like that. What, what were you doing when you were 16? Um... I mean, I yeah, you're right. I don't I don't want to say on air, but whatever sixteen year olds. <laughs> you were in high school. <laughs> I was in high school watching the Jermaine O'Neal, Chris Bosh, Andrea Barnetti at front court. Didn't work out that that front court did not work out. Andrea Barnetti at seven feet was not good defensively. Um. Man, this chat is is wild. People are really Barnes over Kaminga. I mean, look, oh, I, I think Scotty Barnes has a <laughs> much higher chance to succeed in the NBA. Like, I think his his bust rate is a lot lower than someone like Kaminga, yeah, who probably for sure there's like maybe fifty percent of outcomes where he busts or something like that. But um, I think the upside, especially offensively, the skill set. I think his skill set is already higher than than um, what uh, Scotty Barnes necessarily brings. Yeah. What else in the chat? 
Lou, bring back the unkempt flow chin strap circa 2017, bro. I don't even know what that means. When did I have William, that? Come on. You? I had a chin strap? Yes. No dog. way. What do you mean? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, prob- you... I probably did. I'm just trying to pretend like I didn't. <laughs> that was back when I had to appear on videos and stuff. <laughs> I was just a, I was just a, a, a faceless uh, podcaster back then. Just you talking to Blake. Uh, the, you, I rem- that was a great show. Which one? You and Blake on Monday morning. Oh, yeah. The Raptors Weekly Extra. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I miss talking to Blake, man. I miss going to his apartment, um, you know, sitting in his room and just talking to the same mic. Wait, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. know that's how you guys recorded that. Yeah. No, that's how we got down, man. I would sit in Blake's... I would be looking at... I think sometimes I would literally be sitting on Blake's bed while he was sitting in his computer chair beside his bed. Listen, this is the life of most bloggers. It's not very sexy. I'm sorry, Blake, that I'm exposing you, but this is what happened, okay? Occasionally, we were looking over to a shoe rack. He got, like, a pair of KD 11s. Size, like, 14, because Blake has huge feet, despite not being that tall, so... He's not that short, though. No, nah, but he has, like, Blake, size, like, 14 feet for, like, a guy who's, like... 510. He asked, Will you miss me? I don't know. I don't know what that did, means, did, but. Was it, Will you miss me, or is he going somewhere? This is very a very important question from Blake. Um, I mean, look, I, I, Blake's a great dude, man. Of course I miss Blake. I miss working with Blake. That's my guy. We gotta. Yeah, we gotta. People don't know about the 20, like the 2014, 2015 year that we spent together. Me and him at the score. This Blake was such a legendary. So, in the, in terms of the draft, right at the score, this is what they did back back in the day. Uh, Blake would head up the draft coverage for the team, and then he would come up with a spreadsheet. And the idea is we would pre-write these sort of things, right? So that on draft night, we plug in the name, we publish a story, and then we send an alert off that story. That's a, like a lot of what the score does in terms of the news team. Yeah. Um, Blake came up with this spreadsheet. It had a hundred. Names maybe got to 120 at one point, but 120 names on this Excel sheet uh, with all the blurbs written in terms of this is the player that does this, you know, like here's his numbers or whatever. But he did all these draft profiles, and when the time of the draft came, that was the 2014-15 draft where the Raptors ended up with um, with Bruno. Um, every single player in the in the NBA that was drafted, except for Bruno, was on Blake's list. So he had 59 of the 60 draft pl- prospects already That's amazing. Up. That's amazing. The amount of work that had to go into that, the amount of research. And I remember when the Bruno pick came up, he swore because he was like, he was on the next 10 guys I was going to write up. And I was like, bro, how are you telling me that you were going to write about Bruno playing in Brazil? That literally NBA teams didn't even know about that you were going to write about. But in any case, yeah, that was, uh, that's, yeah, I miss working with Blake, man. That guy's that guy amazing. He's like it's it's very clear that he's number one on uh on, on the Raptors beat. It's not even close. I don't yeah. I don't want to ever hear Blake uh Blake slander. Except unless it's about his basketball game, which uh he's like he's like <laughs> if you combine PJ Tucker and, and uh Chuck Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um yeah, I think honestly I think we're p- mostly through the chat. I mean to be honest, like most of these Comments are largely the same in terms of we're just talking about the draft. Um, 
Yeah, this is probably the oh. last show we do before the draft, to be honest. So the day of the draft, I yeah, will be but- doing a live. I'll be doing a reaction podcast, and obviously, we're writing up the players. And then the day after, I think we're going to try to do a live show. So look for another one next week, but and with calls. But um, for now, I think let's just get your prediction, Josh. What's happening? Draft night next Wednesday. Um, let's go with my prediction. The Raptors take Jalen Suggs with the fourth overall pick. And that evening we see a, uh, a, uh, like a plane emoji tweeted from Jared Allen's uh, Twitter account. Does he even have Twitter? I don't know, man. That's my dream. That is, that was like my, that's my, um, very realistic, um, off season. I like, I, I don't think that, um, John Collins leaves Atlanta. It seems like they're gonna. Mm. I, I I think that Travis Schlenk knows that if the what a name Hawks backslide next season, his head's on the chopping block. Um, yeah, they definitely like you know they made the Eastern Conference Finals in the first trip to the playoffs. Mm. But if they like are a play-in team next year, um, because they decide to move on from John Collins and say that we'll build with a Herder Hunter the rest of their unsigned guys. Mm. Um, but I kind of think that means that their hands forced and they have to keep Jared Allen, which means that if the Raptors are looking for a big splashy center free agent, which is my second most desired outcome, it involves uh, Jared Allen. That's what I think happens. I, I do think that the Raptors end, uh, end the night with Jalen Suggs and okay. uh, build from there. How about you? Yeah, that's my prediction. I think they take Suggs at four. I think the, I mean, and again, I think that one thing with the draft is what I'm noticing with myself is that, like, you start to look past what the players are right now and just imagine them in sort of their current form. So you're always, almost always imagining guys who are, like, bigger, more athletic, longer to just, like, magically fill in the rest of their skill set. And then you're like, well, that's going to be a better player than this guy who's, you know, better now. I think Jalen Suggs is a better player than a lot of these other guys now. Um, to be honest, how good the player is right now really does matter to me. Um, like, for example, if you're looking at Suggs versus Scotty Barnes or Kaminga, I'm like, Suggs is just a better player than those guys right now. He has more skills in his skill set. Uh, he's, you know, I, I think, I don't know. He just, he makes plays that look better than these guys as well. Um, so that matters to me. And, but realistically, I think, look, the Raptors have shown a really good ability to draft. I think this is a, the, obviously the highest pick that they, this front office have to use. This is a great chance to draft someone really good. And honestly, whoever they end up taking, like I really do trust that that's a player that is worthy of some patience, that's worthy of some consideration, and someone that the Raptors could probably mold into a very good player going forward. So you just I'm not saying that you're gonna be happy. About... I'm happy with whoever. Like if they took Kaminga at four and did nothing else, I'd be like, this is a bit odd. But otherwise, you know, I mean if they took Suggs, I'd be happy. If they took Mobley, I'd be happy. If they, you know, traded down and took Scotty Barnes, I'd be like, okay, I'm not totally sure about this, but I wouldn't be super unhappy either. Um, so, yeah, I guess like worst case scenario is whoever they pick. Uh, imagine it's like you know Kaminga or Barnes, and there's a there's no Masai Ujiri in the like picture. That oh they... yeah, yeah. That, that's right. That's also part of the <laughs> ideal scenario. Is Masai says I'm I'm signing for life in in the press conference. Like if he's if he's shaking the hand of the young man the the organization picks, um, then you know I, I'm okay with that. If yeah, if Masai is shaking their hand, I'm happy. If um, he's not in the photograph and it's just you know Nick, I'm gonna be you know pretty bummed out. Yeah, I'm gonna be sick, man. 
I'm happy for Nick though. I mean, he he needs more he needs more talent to go around with. You can't just come into the league. Well, you well you didn't come into the league, but you can't start your head coaching career with uh, Kawhi, with Pascal, with Kyle, with Danny, with 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 Serge, with JV. Eventually get Mark, and then three years later, you're you're just coaching like a whole bunch of like eighteen year olds. Like that's tough. Do you remember when they had Yudo Watanabe, Stanley Johnson, Paul Watson Jr.? Oh man, come on, man. <laughs> It was just like I was. It was just like a crazy four minutes of basketball. It's like this is, this like it's not like guys weren't available at night. It was just like we're gonna end the second quarter with this lineup. And I thought, Yikes. Is... yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. It's uh, it's it's really it's really upsetting. I mean, look, listen, these guys are all nice guys, but I just think that like you need some offensive talent in here. Like I value that more than even a guy like uh, uh, Mobley, who I think will be. It's clearly the best offensive player in this draft, but give me some offensive talent, please. Do you know what I mean? Like, just scoring is very important in basketball, <laughs> and the Raptors <laughs> have lacked scoring the last two seasons. Yeah. And so, if it sucks, I'd be pretty happy. If it, if, you know, that's 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 part of why I want sucks. So, um, before we go, do you want to do any Stanley suggestions? Um, I well, you know, um, get a vaccine if you haven't already. Um, yeah. Write your counselors if you're worried about the way that our uh, um, homeless citizens of Toronto are being treated. Uh, yeah. Call your mom. Do some yard work. Um, I'm trying to think if I've uh, done something. Oh, I I don't know if we've recommended this, but if you can sign up for recreational athletics, um, it's been so much fun. Like I know Will and I talk about how our team is um, very solidly 500. Mm. We beat the teams we're supposed to beat. We can't beat the teams we can't beat. Um, but it's been so much fun. Like I've I've really enjoyed being able to get and play soccer yeah. um, with you and our pals. And if the rest of you are, you know, everyone's been inside for a year and a half, um, do something to uh, run around, play a sport. Um, you don't have to be good. You just have to be doing it. And it's yeah. that's probably my recommendation. That's a it's good been one. amazing. So my recommendation. Uh, so my suggestion is really for just people online, I guess. Um, like just, you got to log off once in a while. <laughs> Facts. Okay. So you have to explain this to me, Josh, but what the hell was happening yesterday? Why is, why do I, every single time I log on to Twitter, I see at the top of the Twitter bar, some people and there's a Twitter space going on and something is happening. There's some sort of like weird beef or like, you know what I mean? Like what's going on? Like what happened last night? So Can you explain this? the beef stuff I don't get. Why are we beefing? There's nothing even going on. Sandy, Kate, you know, people. Well, there's some vague beef that I don't understand and don't uh, know. I thought you were in the thing. I'm sort of I was in the room, but there wasn't. We weren't talking about beef. It was just sort of talking about the way. um, It was like a a continuation of the Stanley, uh, uh, Stephen A. Smith, uh, Shoyatani, and then Emmanuel Acho, Giannis, face of the league stuff, and that was a pretty productive conversation. Um, But I also see that there are these like. I don't know, this chronic, like, logged on stuff that I'm not sure how useful it is. But, yeah, I do think that it's important to take a step away. Um, You know, it's really fun to be close up to the sport and the way it's covered and the people who cover it. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, your real life is with the people you know. And um, if it's making you, like, stay up past your bedtime and go to bed angry, Mm. it's probably not – not a great way to spend your time, but look, I'm 
like not too old to beef online, but like online beef is kind of a waste of time. I think people are just trying to get their jokes off and move on for the most part. Yeah. Sometimes it's problematic and you know, that's totally like normal to call people out for stuff like that. But, um, yeah. Well, and this is, this is not me trying to comment on anything like slightly. I, I literally don't know what's going on cause I'm not logged in that much, but, uh, yeah. yeah, go outside. What's the phrase? Touch grass. Go outside and, and touch, touch some grass. If you got allergies, take some Claritin and then touch that grass. But make sure you touch the grass. So, yeah. All That's right, my well, silent suggestion, guys. Go outside. The weather is beautiful. Go outside and play some basketball. It's uh, Finally. Yeah. Catch me outside playing basketball. Mostly just shooting free throws <laughs> by myself. So, yeah. Also, the um, Lil Nas X video is, like, incredible. That guy is on an incredible genius, uh, pace. He's a genius. Yeah, I we gotta we gotta figure out how to market ourselves half as well as him. Yeah, there you go. All right, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, thanks everyone for sending in questions on the YouTube chat and uh, on Twitter. Uh, like I said, we'll be back next week after the draft, sort of the day after the draft, to take calls, get some reactions, get some excitement, get some uh, I don't know, just comments from fans. But in the meantime, um, thanks everyone for watching, following on live, for listening to the after the fact, Josh. Appreciate you and um, yeah. I'll see you soon. Enjoy everyone's weekend and again, touch some grass. <laughs> touch, touch some grass. Okay. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, ninety-six percent replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a thirty-night guarantee. Plus, get fifteen percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details.